Hey buddy, Nick Nansen here. I'm excited to have my friend Gabriel Guerrero here uh, live with me today. Gabriel, how are you doing today, man? Good, how about you? Doing great, man. I'm going to give a quick bio and we'll get him some, uh, some cool stuff to learn all about you so the audience can learn. So uh, Gabriel is currently a director with KW Commercial, the commercial real estate branch of Keller Williams, and he's the CEO and president of Nationwide Commercial Real Estate Group, which he started in 2002 after achieving top 5% status at a large real estate firm. After reaching high levels of success at a large real estate firm and building up his own company in Southern California, Gabriel is now launching an idea that is 15 years in the making. Many of us have those. Uh, he has had mentors in his own life that helped him achieve incredibly high levels of success in commercial real estate in the competitive Southern California market that completely changed his life after growing up in East Los Angeles. And now he wants to be that mentor for others as he shares the success principles he's learned in his life and business. So so others can succeed as well. Gabriel, can't wait to talk today, man. Uh, how are you doing through all this uh, pandemic, uh, all this stuff? As, as well as anybody can, right? I mean, we're all adjusting on the fly and, and making it work and, and actually a chance to reinvent ourselves in a way. It is, so it's all good. It is absolutely that. And uh, that's the attitude we've got to have. Tell us about uh, your early life growing up in East Los Angeles and maybe some of the principles your family instilled in you. Uh, well, I had a great life. I mean, uh, you know, East Los Angeles kind of has that connotation. It's pretty heavily Hispanic, basically. But I have parents who uh, were married for almost 70 years. And so my mother and father were a huge influence on me. Um, my dad was in the Marine Corps and uh, fought in the war, came back and became a restaurateur. And my mom, um, who just passed away in, in June, Nick, as you know, uh, was a huge influence on me. So I miss her dearly. And I'm kind of dedicating, like, as we go forward, to her because everything I ever tried in life, Nick, my, my mom was just always there saying like, you're going to be great, son. You're going to be fantastic, son. Go for it, son. Risk, son. Go for it. And uh, so, you know, I owe a lot to uh, wonderful parents that I've had that I was uh, blessed with. I love it. Now, you grew up in a family, as you said, where your father was an entrepreneur. Your parents owned an iconic restaurant in downtown L.A. Talk about some of the things your parents taught you about success and building your own business, even from a young age. I think it was leading by example. You know, I'm the youngest of six. And so being able to see my dad, um, you know, getting up, going out, uh, building the business from scratch, building it with his mom, um, who he honored as well. Um, and basically, you know, coming back from the war, using kind of some of those Marine Corps principles to really kind of raise us in a home that had a lot of discipline, not harsh discipline, but like discipline where it kept us structured. So, you know, for me, watching my dad, getting, getting down, doing business, he was president of the Kiwanis Club. He was, you know, in all these different business organizations. And I think just by osmosis, seeing his, his leadership, seeing his um, enthusiasm, seeing his professionalism, his drive, his determination, kind of has to rub off on you in some sense. And thank God it did. That's great. Now, as a kid, what was your dream? What did you want to be? Astronaut, you know, you. I think we're roughly around the same age. You're probably younger than me, but um, you know, the space age was huge for me. I was born in '65, and uh, you know, if one thing without that space program that I miss about today, because I don't think it's quite the same for today's generation, was just the idea that you know the sky used to be the limit, and now for guys like us, the sky was no longer the limit. It was the stars. And so, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut. I still have, I'll tell you a funny part is that my parents were cleaning the garage and they found a little uh, Neil Armstrong toy that I used to take with me all the time. So my mom brought it over about a year ago. Imagine, I mean, this toy is like over 55, you know, 50 years old or whatever it is, little Neil Armstrong toy. But like, you know, the astronaut and the space program was such a huge influence on me. 
uh, where it's just kind of thought, thinking beyond borders, thinking beyond, you know, the sky and just kind of going for your dreams. I love that in the metaphor and in, in real life, obviously. There's a many people I know who would uh, die to get their hands on that Neil Armstrong toy, so make sure you, <laughs> you keep that one uh, safe. You know, as you were going through all these things in your early life, it's often our challenges that really become our strengths as we overcome them. What were some of the early challenges you faced in your life? Uh, you know, um, my challenges really didn't begin, uh, I believe, until college because, you know, um, I had a daughter in my sophomore year. So my freshman year, I'd gone to USC and, you know, was trying to walk onto the basketball team. And my sophomore year, I had a, da- a daughter with my college sweetheart. And, um, you know, it changed everything for me. My life was no longer about me. For me, it changed quickly. Um, and unfortunately the relationship didn't work out, but by the time my daughter was five, I had gotten custody of her and was just dedicated to her. But that changed my whole thinking, Nick, because everything went from, you know, having a job to realizing that that job was kind of locking me in where I wanted to spend time with my daughter. I wanted to be a great father. I wanted to spend time with her. I wanted to coach her team. That's been a big part of my life is coaching my kids. The time you get to share with them and, and, you know, go on the field to battle with them, but teach them life's lessons through sports. And so, um, that made me more entrepreneurial. I couldn't wait to get out of my corporate job. That's great. And what led you into commercial real estate? How'd you get into that? Well, in the nineties I got into, what got me out of my corporate job was network marketing. It was a company called Excel communications. It was, you know, like an Amway Herbalife model, which everybody kind of slams on. But to be honest with you, I met some of the most positive, energetic driven people in that business. And I became one of the top income earners in that business. And in that business, I met a guy who said, hey, with your talents and abilities, you should go to commercial real estate. And I listened to him, started it part time. And what I accomplished part time in commercial real estate dwarfed what I was doing in the network marketing side. And I transitioned over. And he said to me, if you do, it'll change your life. And it absolutely did. That's great. In the early 2000s, I know that many of us you know, struggled with where the economy was going. And another challenge you overcame is you actually shut down your real estate company in the early 2000s. How did you come out of that challenge to where you are today? Well, I, I shut it down, Nick. Um, you know, I was fortunate at the board. I, I found a mentor at USC, um, and he was this older guy who I know may not, you know, to some it may not be popular, but he was Donald Trump's advisor. <laughs> and so... He uh, took me under his wing. I went back to school at USC in 2002 for real estate development. He took me under his wing and just, you know, took some, you know, sometimes you just have to really appreciate in life when someone takes an interest in you and sees more in you than sometimes you see in yourself. And he kind of launched my belief that I could develop buildings, do things on my own and said I had a lot of great qualities and I appreciated that. And so we had a great run, you know, 2001 to 2007, eight. And unfortunately, in the, what happened was my fourth uh, child with my wife, uh, we had some complications and it was right around the recession time. And so I decided that I wanted to spend time with my wife at the house and make sure that the baby was born healthy, which he was. God bless. Thank you very much. And um, and so that lockdown, that change sort of like helped me to really be able to focus on where where I could reinvent myself again in that recession that we all went through. And then, and then how to help people save their assets. And then coming out of the recession, what brought me out was all those people that I had saved assets for, I sold assets for, and that launched me into the next you know, wave that we caught. 
Love it. Yeah, none of us like those down cycles, but they often help us sort of uh, metamorphosize and, and become uh, what we need to be. You know, the way that you react to those challenges in your life um, has been key uh, in making you the level of success you are today. You have a, a phrase you talk about where everything is a stepping stone to something else. Tell us a little bit about that, that whole ideology. Well, you know, we, we hang on to things, you know, sometimes we get locked into a job, for example, and we're afraid to venture out and take a risk or to change positions or something. But I just believe, like, for example, the 90s, that network marketing really helped me develop skills in the sales aspect of things because I was doing seminars you know, I put 9,000 people in the business over like a few years and uh, doing seminars and, and different things. And so I look at that time period as a skill building part for me that even though it wasn't the thing that got me wealthy, it was a stepping stone to meet somebody who actually introduced me to commercial real estate that then I took all those skills that I took in the 90s and took them into commercial real estate and he was 100% right. It, it was a stepping stone to something that was just a, a great launching point for me. I love that mentality. There's there's no failures. There's just uh, ways to learn things that don't work, right? That's it. You know, I mean, I think we've all lost money, you know, in the recession. But rather than harping on that, it was my mentor who actually took me in my office into his office, and he said to me, "Hey, Gabe, stop crying about the money that you lost in the recession." And God gave you an ability to make money. Just go make more money. Like go and put your effort into those skills that you still have that we sometimes forget about. Right? We might wallow in our sorrow. We might wallow in the losses. But, you know, uh, the, you know, it's the old adage of like Michael, Michael Jordan or one of those guys or Gretzky said, you miss 100 percent of the shots you never take. I just took my next shot and uh, rebounded. Love it. One thing that allowed you to do that, you said you had mentors, but you've also always invested in your own learning. You early on, you got involved with our mutual friend, Brian Tracy. Uh, tell us about some of the effect that he and maybe some others had on you. Yeah, quite frankly, probably the most influential person for me uh, was Brian because in 1995 through network marketing, one of my upleg guys gave me some tapes back when we had cassette tapes, right? And so I wore those cassette tapes out because I, as a, as a Latino who had grown up in East Los Angeles, had never been given that type of think. It was thinking big. And when I listened to that, it was sort of like just exposing me to the idea that, okay, you could go way beyond your limits. Nothing was limiting you. It was at the beginning. Now, one thing about being in Excel was telecommunications. It, it, there was a, uh, a seminar I used to do at the end. There was a Newsweek cover, and it said the world's first trillion-dollar industry. And I used to ask people in my seminars, how would you like to get a piece of just a little piece of a trillion dollars? Everybody would raise their hand. Well, Brian sort of like perfectly in 1995 segueing into the Internet and all the stuff that really became the multi-trillion dollar industry probably. Um, it really just uh, Brian Tracy's principles launched me into the study of success. And then, of course, from there, I discovered Jim Rohn and you know, Tony Robbins and, and all these guys that became a little bit of a little bit of all of them is who I became. Got that. Yeah, that's, I mean, lots of great names and lots of great things that are so relevant today. I, I love going back and reading and listening to some of that stuff that was, you know, really relevant in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and so much of it uh, still holds true today. They do sometimes talk about things that, uh, you know, like pay phones and things like that every now and then, but the rest <laughs> of it is, is super relevant. Now, you also had some personal mentors in your own life uh, who've impacted your career growth and, and your learnings about success. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, I would say that, you know, every decade I've been fortunate to find somebody who mentored me. So, you know, this guy that I met in my Excel business, basically, that introduced me to commercial real estate, became the best man at my wedding. His name was Dario. Um, and, and Dario just saw that talent and ability and said, hey, you should go into commercial because he had been in commercial. 
And we came in, went in together. And of course, that kind of launched. So that that teaching of the business was incredible. And when I got to the large uh, company that I was at, um, I looked at the top 10 income earners and a number five, number five guy right in the middle there kind of identified with him. He was an Indian guy named Dash. They used to call him Dash for Cash. And I, I literally got to him and I said to him, look, Dash, I said, you know, uh, I want to learn this business. I said, I'm going to call you when I hear these objections. Just tell me what to say and then hang up on me. I don't care. And we had that kind of relationship. He made a bunch of money with me doing deals with me. And um, I got my master's degree in sales of commercial real estate, if you will. So helping him make money helped, helped me make money. And then as you got into the 2000s, very fortunate, a gentleman named Stan Ross uh, at USC's board who has passed away as well now. Um, kind of like that weekend, that, that Tuesdays with Maury kind of situation, you know, just an older gentleman took a, took a liking to me. And I, I thank God. And um, and just, you know, everything he said, ever told me to do, I did. And those kind of kinds of mentors that just kind of give you a little bit of a nudge up and then the rest takes care of itself, creates that unstoppable momentum in your life. That's great. You have an insatiable drive for success. Where do you think that comes from? I think it comes from, honestly, for, it went back to when I had my first daughter. Um, you know, I now with my, my wife and I have six kids. And so, um, you know, people talk about, you know, Tony Robbins. I love Tony Robbins, but I don't need Tony Robbins every day to motivate me because every day I get up, I realize I have six kids, right? So it's sort of like that drive, that determination happens as soon as my feet hit the ground because it's sort of like that rah-rah, that energy for me is everything I do is for my wife and for my kids and, you know, to uh, help others. So all my clients, it's all about bringing value to them. And by bringing value to them, good things have come to me. And so it's really not about me. It's about who I can serve. That's a great mentality. I find when you're willing to serve, a lot of people show up. And so uh, you can build a big business that way. Uh, something you've said that I love this philosophy as well is to be a little bit of everybody. You've taken a little bit, the best pieces of, of everybody, and sort of turned that into your own formula for success. Uh, tell me more about that. You know, I think ultimately you have to be you, right? So, for example, I love Tony Robbins' energy and his psychologies, but he's so rah-rah that it kind of like matches the way I am. Like every day I'm kind of rah-rah, right? And I coach my kids' teams or when I'm leading my team, uh, you know, commercial real estate. The thing is that so I needed to take some, you know, Brian Tracy, who's a little more kind of college professor-ish, I say, right? Um, you know, Jim Rohn, who's just more wise and stuff like that. So for me, I love taking the best parts of Tony, the best parts of Brian, the best parts of Jim, the best parts of my dad. You know, um, some of those mentors, I didn't need to go to like the success arena. They were right in front of me. The best parts of like Stan giving me advice and stuff like that. You know, I watch you, Nick. And to be honest with you, everything for me and every relationship that I have, I really appreciate you. You know, we've talked. We, we've been, gotten to know each other well. The, you know, the Dreamer uh, video that you guys did, like watching everything, I get a little bit from everything. And that's what I mean by that is that, you know, you eventually it pieces all together as a puzzle that makes you stronger. And I just try and take the best of everybody. Uh, love it. You have said that you got your warrior mentality from your dad and your gift of compassion from your mom. How do those two mix together to help you be who you are today? Well, it, it, it got me a beautiful wife <laughs> um, who basically is incredible um, because, you know, my, my dad, our, our, my last name is Guerrero and in Spanish it means warrior. So if anything got me down as a kid, my dad would say, what's your, what's your name? I'd say Guerrero. He'd say, what does it mean? He'd say warrior. He'd say, then be one. And then he'd walk away. So it was pretty, pretty uh, short, succinct, and poignant. And then my mom would come along behind that and say, what he means is, you know, um, you got to kind of approach things this way, son. And so the balance of the two 
just, you know, I, I can't complain. Like, I just had incredible parents and to have them for 92 years. I wish my mom was still here. I wish we could, you know, could live forever. My dad is still with us. So we're enjoying the time that he has with him. And I still learn to this day, just sit, have great conversations with my dad. You've talked also about having a balanced life. I think we've in this world that continually the pace gets faster and faster. And most of us uh, don't even realize we're choosing to participate in an ever faster spinning world. You've spoken a lot about balance. Tell me how you keep balance in your life. It's a big proponent that uh, a big point for me to other people is that, you know, you can't just chase money because, um, you know, I, I know they say money can't buy happiness. I don't know if that's true or not, but the lack of money can make you miserable. So, you know, the pursuit of money is is a balance. You know, you've got to stay fit. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate to like work out with my sons and, and, and my, you know, my wife thinks that things like that. Um, now that they're in the gym, we're in lockdown. Our garage has become our, our, our gym. Right. So. But, you know, that, a spirituality component, the constant, continual reading and updating myself on current trends and things of that nature and success. So I think it's just a balance overall and not being so so locked into one thing that other aspects of your life suffers. So as I said, it's sort of like relationships. If I'm not the best husband to my wife, if I'm not the best father to my kids, the best son I can be to my parents, the best uh, you know broker I can be to my clients – um, even in our relationship, right? It's like anything I can do to to refer you people that I because I believe in you. It's all about bringing value to people's lives, and uh, I think that balance has to be struck. It can't just be after just one thing. I totally agree. You've coached everything from kids sports to business people. I know you've shared with me. People often say, you know, how do you win? So what's the secret to winning? You know, I think it's never stop attacking. As, as funny as that sounds, I'm a big movie buff, Nick. So I just went through before you, you, you were doing this, uh, was training some new people. And we go through movie scenes. You know, we were looking at, uh, you know, uh, uh, Glenn Gary Gunn Ross, ABC, always be closing, right? We're going through Boiler Room of, you know, I've told you what's possible. Now let me tell you what's required. Going through a scene, there's a famous scene in a movie called Facing the Giants. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's called The Death Crawl. And the, and the coach is just yelling at him, give me your very best. And he says, I'll give you my very best. He says, your very best, your very best. So staying locked in and, and really just always being in attack mode. And I say that in a good way where, you know, I don't want to go through life and I don't go through my days feeling I left something on the table at the end of the day. And so while, while I'm at work, like Brian Tracy says, when you're at work, be at work. Work while you work, right? So, you know, keep, keeping that work ethic and finding people, Nick, with worth work ethic is really the key. And I think we all have it in you. I think everybody out there has it in them. They just need people to breathe life into them, belief into them, confidence in them, and good things happen out of that. A lot of the wisdom you've learned over all the years as we're obviously listening here, you've now decided to take that into a new venture. And a big part of that new mission is to improve Latino communities uh, and to serve as a mentor to young Latino men and women looking for guidance. Tell us a little bit about that call and what you're trying to do there. Yeah, I, I think going back to, um, you know, Cathedral High School, where I went to school where there's like 500 Hispanic kids and getting them to understand they can go to a school like USC. Um, I go back and mentor to, to a, a club called the Latino Business Student Association at USC that was big, on, too influential for me back then. So I go back and hire some of those kids. But really overall, what I look at is, you know, Nick, I look at L.A. County, for example, during the COVID virus, and almost 50% of the deaths in L.A. County are Latinos. You look at layoffs 
almost 50% of the layoffs are Latinos, you know? So the thing to me is trying to change the direction, trying to empower, trying to be the mentor for them that, that everybody else was for me is what I'm trying to do. And so I've called this site Latino Millionaire Mindset because I believe it all starts and begins in the mind and changes in the psychology of how we approach things. And I'm trying to really create and, and I'm launching courses and a website and, you know, all these different things for the community to make an impact effect on as many people as I can so that they can begin to elevate and change things for themselves. You've talked about a little bit, but so you talked about some of the impact that even just COVID has had on Latino communities. Obviously, Latino communities are important to you, but why do you think it's so important uh, that you and others should invest in that community? Well, I think that being in commercial real estate, um, you know, I see areas like East Los Angeles, for example, that you could duplicate in all 50 states. You know, every, every let's face it, across the 50 states, there are 60 million Latinos in this country. So every state has like a Latino enclave. And the idea is that a lot of the times these communities are sort of a little downtrodden or aren't as affluent, right? Those areas, though, are usually adjacent to like in Los Angeles, East Los Angeles, about 10, 15 minutes outside of downtown LA, which experienced a huge resurgence in the, in the past decade. And East LA is positioned, I believe, as the next sort of like popping point where you're gonna start to see some development and some good things happening, where you start to get healthier cities, more investment in the community, more sales tax driven, you know, things for the community so that these, these whole communities can rise up and wealth can be created. That's great. On your website, you have a lot of resources. What are you hoping that people will be able to take away if they come and visit your Latino Millionaire Mindset website? Uh, I think that just like me, I mean, if they can all relate to the idea that back in college, as I said, I had a daughter and, and, you know, to me, I always had abilities within me, I believe it took somebody on the outside looking into, to say, Hey, you've got these abilities. You've got to believe in yourself and you've got to go in a much higher direction. Brian Tracy's thing of like, Hey, think beyond your limits and, you know, go for your dreams type of thing. It's never too late. You know, I believe that anybody can accomplish anything. It's never too late. I'm 55, Nick, and I'm nowhere's where, nowhere's near where I want to be. So, you know, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on striving, keep on going higher. The standard just keeps going higher and higher. And I have mentors to thank for that because, um, you know, it's just, it's, if it's achievable, I believe everybody has. And I want to be the mentor to help them believe that they can change everything, not only for themselves, Nick, but for their kids, for their families. Absolutely. Could you expand a little bit more on the time investment that you've taken and put into learning about success I and mean, maybe what you've done specifically and, and what you now want to impart to others? Uh, Nick, I'd say it's every day. I'm not, I'm not really embellishing upon that. I mean, since my 20s till now at 55, and even every morning I start my morning with reading nothing but positivity reading something about success. I mean, we're all very intelligent, but we forget things, right? So I, I like the hard book covers. So I still have a whole library of books. I'll just grab a book and read like a few chapters or a few pages. Uh, you know, every, there's, there's no excuse anymore, right? I mean, we all have YouTube. We have everything there. So, you know, going on and watching, say, a Brian Tracy video, a Jim Rohn video, a Les Brown video, you know, I just, I just eat it up. I just love it because it just gets us going. So in the mornings, you know, my boys and I used to work out together, high school boys, basketball players, Instead of listening to music, I make them listen to these videos for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then we talk about it as we're working out. And it spurs conversation between my boys and I that is just wonderfully challenging conversation where it sets a tone for them so that as they charge into their school day, they're prepared mentally. 
Excellent. Is there anything as we wrap up here? We've learned a lot. I love where your heart's at and what you're trying to do. Is there anything, I know a big initiative of yours is this Latina Millionaire Mindset website. Is there anything you'd like to end on in regards to that new website and what people might expect from it? I think that if you if they come onto the site, they can expect somebody who cares about them, somebody that cares about the community in general, somebody that was once them and is still them deep inside, but at the same time has expanded upon the boundaries and found that in a country like this, anything is possible. It's, look, let's face it, you know, de- a few decades ago, my grandparents came over from somewhere else, right? Loved this country enough to make opportunities of it, made something of themselves and left a legacy that I'm just trying to carry on. So I feel like anything is possible still in America. I'm not an America bash, I'm an America lover. And so I want people to come in here and realize that anything is possible. And when they come to that site, they're gonna find somebody who's going to breathe life into them, belief into them, confidence into them, maybe confidence that they never really realized they had. That's excellent. Well, I encourage everyone to check it out. And uh, thanks so much for spending some time with me today, Gabriel. Nick, it's always a pleasure with you.